Welcome, welcome to the In The Zone podcast with your host, Jeremy and Jose. Mr. Ruiz, how's it going? I'm good, but what happened to all the legendary and all that? Nah, so. nah, nah, nah. Well, the la- I'm sad. I'm in mourning. The last dance is over. We're back to, uh. we're back to nothing. We're back to, <laughs> we're back to nothing now. So I'm in mourning. I'm mourning right now. So I'm a little down. So you got to bear with me. All right. Well, this is, yeah, the legendary and all that other stuff Jeremy said last week, Jose. Uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I don't know. I, I was feeling man. really good. I was feeling really good. We'll see. We'll see if you're living up to that today. We'll see. <laughs> but I'm I'm all, I'm all right. How's it going, man? Good, good, man. Just, yeah, like you said, upset. Series is over. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm upset. The series is over. Yeah, I'll just say that. It's, it's, uh. And it's weird. It's definitely a, a, a Corona, you know, pandemic quarantine effect. Because I think it's, it, you know, we'll talk about it more, you know, it's really good. But it's just you, you got to play into the fact that, like, that's all a lot of us were looking forward to every Sunday night. Something to look forward to all throughout the week. It's listening to different podcasts and radio shows and articles about it. Um, I feel like this was like the one time. Like, we always do this. Like, I'll be honest. This I would do this even without a quarantine. I would be all over this, right? I think yeah. you would be too. But this is, like, the first time in my lifetime, like, I felt like everybody was like me. Like, everyone is into, like, nostalgia mm-hmm. and, and just breaking it down and, like, going, like, you know, getting, like, deep diving into it. So it was a weird but cool experience these past five weeks. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I agree. It, it was a good time to like kind of reflect a little bit and look back at one of the best teams of all time man in my opinion the best team of all time you know it was the best run um in any decade um I mean you had the Celtics when it was like four teams playing you know winning all these championships (laughs) but you know for me like in the modern era it was it was the best NBA run um in my lifetime and it was just good looking back and seeing everybody else's opinion on it because it's different me and you talk about oh man I'm going to watch the documentary and then we talk about it like that's fine like you know I love to do that too but you know after the documentary there's a sports center special on the documentary and reactions and they have people come on and and they're interviewing people about the documentary it was just it it was just cool to see all that And, and like you said everybody in it for everybody's into the same thing at this point right now yeah um it was. It was interesting. It was. It was just fun to kind of see everyone deep diving and to see yeah. everyone giving their opinions. People who were there, people who wrote, you know, wrote write, writing about it, and and just kind of people's perceptions changing on Michael, positive and negative, and perceptions changing on a lot of different people around it. And I, I'm interested. We'll see. Only you know, time will tell. But will this have an effect? And who this will affect either way, you know, from Michael, Scotty, Jerry Krause, Jerry Reinsdorf, Phil, a lot of people, I wonder where their legacies will kind of go up or down uh, in the near future after this uh, docuseries. Yeah, and I'm glad I started seeing some, like, some people, like, tweeting about, you know, Jerry Reinsdorf and and how much fault he had in all of this and stop putting – blame on Jerry Krause and and it, it, I was kind of glad to see that not because you know like I want to see somebody get 
you know, get shitted on or whatever. But no, like, you know, I felt like a lot of the venom and all that, and we talked about it before, was, you know, going at Jerry Krause early in these episodes. And, um, you know, I, I we talked about how unfair we thought it was. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, like you said, not to not because this is sports and not like there's necessarily bad guys and good guys in this. Uh, but it was more of just, I felt if you want to look at it and you know, the buck stops with, you know, the owner, the guy in mm-hmm. charge. So why is it that in this case, he's, you know, given a pass. Cause when we look at, you know, Jerry Jones in football or George Steinbrenner, now they're more colorful characters, but we look at them when things go wrong. So why are we not looking at Jerry Reinsdorf more and when this fell apart or this didn't go to maybe what some people think it should have gone to, but I think that's maybe later for the show. Yeah, for sure. And and I'm kind of glad, you know, I don't know how much he meant it or whatever. And again, we'll dive into the the two episodes in a minute, but I'm I'm glad kind of Scotty Pippen, was kind of saying good words at the end there about Krause and um, calling him the best GM of all time or whatever. And that was good to see, man, because we've been mentioning him and he's the only one that can't defend himself. And, you know, whatever, however you feel about him, his, his you know, what kind of person, his personality, what kind of person he was, whatever. Like, he, he did an amazing job, you know, building this team, man. And he's got to get credit for that. Yeah. Um, I thought, I think he means it, you know, do I think there's probably some frustration there from not being – and I think maybe he's let it go, but I think he can acknowledge that he was underpaid, meaning Scotty, but it was yeah. definitely – you have to look at what Jerry Krause did. And, and, you know, Scotty himself owes a lot to, you know, Jerry Krause. Jerry Krause scouting them out and making him a big deal like that, that was huge. and. And really finding that talent and, you know, also bringing in – we could look at maybe maybe like the best draft – one of the best drafts a team ever had in NBA history, what the Bulls did in 87, and that's bringing in Scotty and Horace, and that comes from yeah. Jerry Krause. So, Scotty, you know, whether you disagree or like him as a person, but you have to, you know, acknowledge the facts. And the facts is Scotty played at Little Central Arkansas, and no one knew yeah. who Scotty Pippen was until Jerry Krause, you know, and his scouting team pointed him out. Yeah, so they I mean, I, I felt like reactions were, like, up and down, up and down, right? Like, throughout the series and with, like, you know, players, like current players, ex-players talking about it. And, you know, but one thing was, one thing that was consistent, like, with everybody's, like, reaction was, man, like, <laughs> the greatness of Jordan, you know? and yeah. And I, I'm glad that I'm glad that came out a little bit because I, I I was I started to get the feeling that a lot of people were like kind of like like not disrespecting like Jordan but like thinking a lot of these players in today's game are 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 just as good as him and that that was not that's not the case obviously. No, I think this definitely did show. It showed that, and it's weird. I felt like. It didn't need to be shown, but I think yeah. it it, it kind of did. Where I think that all this stuff is has been out there. It's not like um, you know that that's what kind of makes Michael impressive. Where like these guys, 
who kind of have that folklore, like a Wilt Chamberlain, you know, and pro wrestling, you know, like Andre the Giant, even like Bo Jackson. Some of his stuff, like, it's just stories, like, there wasn't yeah. a camera. Pretty much all of Michael's stuff is like really yeah. seen. There's footage there. So to me, it's I, I not to call out people, but it's more of like your laziness. Because to me, I'm like, why do we have to reshow all the like it's that's out there? These things are have for a long time been played over and over. And now it's like, I guess because it's in a montage or you know, or quarantine. <laughs> now it's like, oh, he really was that great. It's like, yeah, like you know, like yeah. Like, why did it take this to, like, have that happen? I guess people are prisoner of the moment, but it, it kind of baffles me because he's not, like, like, if this was, like, something on Dr. J, I'm like, yeah, people don't think about Dr. J like that no yeah. more. Or Pistol Pete. But, like, Michael Jordan is still, like, the most popular athlete out there. Like, he still is, like, <laughs> the guy. So, I'm like, why did, why did he need, like, a comeback tour when he's never left? Like, he, he's always been there. Like, it's just weird. Yeah, he, his clothing is his. You know, it's still around. His sneakers are definitely around. Like, yeah, he's definitely still a big, big part of like the NBA and you know, and basketball in general. You know, and you know, guys will still wear his number. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's he's the goal for a reason, in my opinion, man. And, and this documentary, I, it, it not only what it showed me was, you know, obviously. As a player, you know how great he was, but like the drive and, and and the mental aspect of the game, how he he dominated that too, you know, and he it was just very impressive to see that. Like I, you always knew that, like you know, as a leader and all that stuff, you heard all those stories and you read, I, you know, we read all of these reports and all this shit. Like, but to see it and then see him talk about it and then his demeanor change when he does talk about some of the stuff like that, it, it was just really impressive for me. Yeah. There's only really, in my opinion, uh, two guys you can look at in NBA history who did that, where you look at Bill Russell, you look at Michael Jordan, who stopped so many other great players from winning championships, even like bird magic. Yeah. Did they dominate the eighties. Yes. But you know, the Sixers still got theirs. The, the bad boy Pistons got the, you know, they, they other teams still got it where you look at like Jerry West could not win until after Bill Russell, Russell retired, you know, so many great players of that day. Wilt, how many more titles? Wilt got only one while Russell played, how many more championships Wilt would have had. Yeah. And yeah. like Michael has the same effect. We look at Barkley, Ewing, we see Reggie Miller, all these great players of that era. How many, how much Malone and Stockton, their legacy would have changed. If Michael and he stopped them all, you know, he yeah. really did. Yeah, I think I saw something. It was like 20 Hall of Famers that he's mm-hmm. beaten, like in the playoffs in his career. Like, that's that's amazing, man. Yeah. And I see, you know, and we even Le- not to knock LeBron, LeBron's a, you know, t- definitely a top 10, probably top five player right now. He's not stopping people really from winning championships. Yeah. Uh, like the way Michael is. Like, you know, Michael's just. Had, like Michael was, and I think the only one I can say who did that was Bill Russell. So it, it's just the fact that you got to give it to him. Now, I think there's a lot to be said about the documentary and how it was filmed, a lot to be said about maybe his leadership style and whether you agree with it or not. And we talked about it in the past, we, we can go more into it, but the greatness is there. You, you can't knock that. Yeah, yeah, and, and and there's a good debate on either side, like in regards to like leadership and 
and things like that because there's the tons of opinions out there um you know especially recently for guys talking about you know that style might not work in today's game which i totally agree with um but you know back then that's what that's what he needed to do and and it obviously worked <laughs> you know what i mean like we can sit here and debate it all we want but it worked, you know, and six championships in eight, was it like 10 years, let's just say, in that decade, um, it, it speaks for itself. So, you, I mean, you can knock it as much as you want. He's an asshole. He's this, he's that. But at the end of the day, it's all about winning, and, and that's what they did. Right. So let's look at mm-hmm. let's look at these last two episodes, and then we can even bow tie the whole series. Yeah. But I, I got to be honest, maybe one of, like, the favorite openings – of the whole was episode nine and starting with Reggie because I, I do feel like that rivalry, that animosity didn't get talked about enough back then. And people don't talk about it now, how much like Reggie got under Michael's skin. And there was that <laughs> like, like, cause players didn't do that. You didn't see too many players doing that. And it was different. It was different even cause Michael didn't get physical with Gary Payton. But my, you know, I remember like that 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 they opened with that that shoving match in '93, yeah. and you know, just Reggie and Michael, you know, Reggie saying like that opening montage. I'm not, I won't back down. I respect him, but I'm not going to back down from him. And you know, Black Jesus. So it was just, it was <laughs> yeah. so much that I thought that was maybe my favorite opening of the series was episode nine. Yeah, to be honest, Reggie Miller is one of my favorite players of all time. You know. Um... Just because of that, like confidence and, and he had – because there's, there's a difference. Um, there's a difference in guys like being able to talk a lot of shit and, and do it well because there's guys who do it really well, right? And then there's a difference of guys who do that, but then there's other guys who do that and then have that game to like immediately back it up. Like, you know, that, that trash talk is not just trash talk. They put in fear in you, man, like – and he's one of these guys who can talk a lot of trash and back it up. You know what I mean? And his resume speaks for itself. Man, I, I can remember watching – I'm trying to remember what year it was. I don't know if it was 90. I, I can't remember, but it was – the Pacers were playing the Celtics. Uh, you know, yeah, the playoffs that's there. 90, yeah. Yeah, and, and um, that series with Larry Bird dove on the floor, smacked his face on the floor, that that series. And it was him and – it was uh, Reggie Miller and Chuck Person, man, and they were going right at Boston. Like they weren't trying to hear this all this Boston talk. Like no, like it was the same thing back then too, man. Like he was coming that guy, and he didn't care who you were, man. And he had the game to back it up, and I love guys that can do that. Like those for me, man. I, I just love guys who can do that, and he was one of the best of all time. Yeah, and um, I think he's someone who gets overlooked, honestly, oh, yeah. now, and it's a shame, but. It, it was great also to hear because I feel like, and rightfully so, you're going to talk about the Bad Boy Pistons series. You're talking about the Knicks and Michael going to Broadway against, you know, playing at, at the Garden. But the series that I always look at that to me was the toughest challenge, I think of the 98 Eastern Conference Finals. That yeah. always stuck out to me. I felt like no one talked about how close they were to losing and how like they were, it, it was that, and that was the most nerve wracking I ever felt watching, especially that last three peak was that, that conference final series where I'm like, they might lose this. Like they might float. They, they may not get this championship. 
And it was good to see Michael even acknowledge it. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome that he said that, man. He was like, they were the toughest team other than the Pistons. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and that's saying something because they played a lot of really good teams, man. And But, yeah, that pace, that series was amazing too. Like, I know we reference that series all the time as well, like me when we talk. And, um, but, yeah, just getting – I'm just glad that Pacers team got its due, you know, um, because they had a they had a squad, man, and I can remember that series, man. And Derek McKee was playing Jordan really tough that series, and and that was Larry Bird's first year, and um, and and he even said it, and I'm kind of glad he said it too. Like that was their best chance of getting championship, and for sure. And I mean, they that that team was stacked, man, and and it wasn't like stacked like like how we think about like a Golden State or Miami, like you know with LeBron and D Wade, like, but they were just stacked with like solid players up and down that lineup. Like, superstar was Reggie Miller, obviously, and but they just had a bunch of guys who can just really play. They were physical. They had size. They can get up and down the court, but they can defend you, too. And and they gave the Bulls a lot of problems, man. And like I said, like I, I can remember watching that series and they how, how Derek McKee was real physical with Jordan, man, and, and this documentary, and this episode touched on it, like, like the physicality, how they were coming at Jordan again. And, you know, it almost... They almost got him. That that game four was one of the best games I've ever seen in that no, series. It's a phenomenal man. game. Yeah, and and I'm glad they kind of like put it out there as well as as that type and of I, game. And I loved it that people I I didn't forget it, but a lot of people forgot that MJ with the the, the double pump fake. Yeah, and it going in and out. I remember it was yeah, it was that close. Like Reggie's moment would have been gone just like that. Like I I so that 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 was such a hell of a game, and it um. People forget about that with those Pacers teams. And I feel like, you know, you're even hearing definitely the Pistons, how physical. And you're hearing the Knicks in the 90s were physical. But I'm like, that's what made those Pacers-Knicks games great was that the Pacers were just as physical as those Knicks teams. Like the Davis boys, that was their answer to Oakley and Mason. Rick Smiths could bang with Pat Ewing. I mean, like they were just as physical. Like I, you know, Mark Jackson didn't mind going up against Derek Harper. You know, uh, Miller could be annoying even yeah. more so than John Starks. Like they were a mirror image. So that's why people are like, "Oh, this this Pacer team." I go, "Yeah, the Pacers were a soft team. Those Pacer Nick games wouldn't have been the way they were, where it seemed like every play was a foul and someone's hitting the floor, and you know, it's the beginning of the fourth quarter. It's forty five, forty eight. No one's scoring. Like the, the the Pacers were a really good physical team, and it, it they banged around with Chicago. Yeah, hell yeah, and they had a lot of size. I mean, you talk about Davis brothers; they were or the Davis boys. They were like six ten, six nine. I think Antonio Davis was like six nine, but Dale Davis was six eleven. Then you had Smiths was seven four. Like you know, then they're throwing like Derek McKee at you, and and Jalen Rose were like six eight and six nine. Like they had a lot of size. I mean, when you play Mark Jackson. He was six one, six one point guard, man. Reggie Miller had a good size too. I think he was like six eight or something like that, six seven. So, no, nah, they had. Yeah, you're right, man. And they they were long and they can defend, man. And, and that's why I, they gave the Bulls a lot of trouble, man, because they threw a couple. They threw a lot of guys. They threw a lot of size at at, at Jordan, man. And and but they almost they almost pulled it out because even in that game seven, they were up twelve early, you know, and, and it looked like the Bulls were in trouble. Yeah, the Bulls were in trouble, and I liked um, that jump ball between yeah. uh, Rick Smith and Scottie Pippen and Steve Kerr hitting hitting that big shot, that three to kind of cut the lead from six to three. And, and throughout this documentary, 
Um, Zach Lowe wrote a great article on ESPN.com about, you know, that conference finals and that game seven. And majority, mine is like Reggie for the Pacers and no Jordan or Phil for the Bulls. Everyone kind of talked about it. He got a lot of people for that article. And they all, all the Pacers point to that play as when they let it slip away. Um, is that play right there? So that that's that's crazy how huge that was. Yeah. And thought it was interesting also seeing you know Michael's elation after that game and him going around shaking everybody's hand, you know, giving the game ball to the security guard, yeah. Gus. Like it, it, he he celebrated almost to a championship level, which kind of shows how tough that series was for them. Yeah. And it, 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 it was crazy how watching it, and this is what I like watching these documentaries too, because you get like those little stories behind the scenes, like behind plays or whatever it is. And when they talked about when they were interviewing Larry Bird, he said he was like, one of my biggest regrets is I wanted to call a timeout before that jump ball and talk to Rick Smith about not tapping it towards Scotty Pippen because he said he knew he was going to tap it that way. And he said he didn't call the timeout. And he was like, that was one of his biggest regrets as a coach, man. And and that's – I like hearing stuff like that. You know yeah. Because I mean? you, you think like, all right, they know what they're doing. And he second-guessed himself. And, you know, you normally should go with your gut. And he didn't. And, and again, they might have lost the series because of it. No, it, it, you're right. It humanizes because you exactly. know, even though they're on that high level, they second-guess themselves. They look back and go, man, I would have – made this choice to that choice, like who knows. And who knows, I mean, if if I, I, it doesn't necessarily mean that the Bulls don't win anyway if they don't win that tip because there's a few minutes left in the game. They're down by six, but it, it was a backbreaker. And I tell people all the time, I point to 93 with the Suns, we talked about it, and 98 where I'm like against the, um, the Pacers. The Bulls, to me, were not uh, the, the more talented yeah. team in those series. Like the Pacers were a better team. I do agree with Reggie where he's like, we were the better team. I, I for sure agree with that. You know, it, it was just real veteran moxie yeah. by Jordan and Pippen and, and, and Ku coach and Kerr that got them over the hump in game seven. But the Pacers were a deeper team. Oh, without a doubt. They were deeper. They were probably the deepest team in the league that year in, in 98. And yeah. And I mean, cause again, I, I'm, we didn't even mention Chris Marlin, like, you know, like they they had some guys on there. Austin Crozier, he was a rookie that year. He had he played well. He was a big guy who can shoot. You know what I mean? Yeah, like Sam Perkins. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, so yeah, he had the dread, the dreads and stuff. Yep, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, no, nah, I I agree. This series, man, like and, and at the end of '98, when you see them when they beat the Jazz, and I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but. He Jordan. That's why Jordan to me, and that's this series was a big part of it when he talked about how. He was like mentally and physically drained, and I, I, I feel like this series was a huge part of that. For sure, for sure. I think it, and I think it wiped out MJ. I think it wiped out the whole team. Yep. Going through that seven game series, and um, just another reason why I'll say it: like people were trying to give the Jazz love, but another reason why I can't because you had all that time off. You're just waiting. They got banged and bruised, tested, tested like they'd never been tested before. And you still, you still split, you get home court. You still split them two games. Like you couldn't take care of home court. Like, I, I don't know. Just the jazz just to me, just 
<laughs> a disappointing team of the '90s, in my opinion, is the Utah Jazz because oh, yeah, yeah. things were, especially in '98, were set up for them to get over the hump. It's the rematch, you know. You played them the year before. You know them now. Just so many things. I mean, so many distractions with the Bulls and every, and you yeah. still can't get over the hump. Like it's just, uh, like just, just no. But yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, they. I mean. And just these two finals losses weren't like, like yeah, they were. Any loss in the championship game is a you know a tough loss, but there were a bunch of playoff series in the nineties where they were the favorites and didn't win. You know what I yeah. mean? Like I, you know, against Houston, I believe they they, you know, and Houston had Lajuan and all them, but like, you know, there was a couple series throughout the nineties where they were favored and they didn't pull it out. So that's why, yeah, like. People talk about the Jazz just because they played the Bulls twice in a row in the finals. People always consider them like the best, one of the best teams the Bulls face out of all those finals teams. And we've talked about it before in previous episodes. Like, no, nah, I don't, I don't buy that. <laughs> no, exactly. And um, I wanted to see because this may be why a little bit of frustrate. I've loved having this docu series, but a little bit of frustration because. One of my favorite parts was in nine was the, the Steve Kerr flashback. Yeah. Which to me, I felt like you should have done that for every episode. And even you could flash, give one to Horace. Yes, to me, I, was, I was thinking that. Go why ahead. not give one to Jerry Krause? Especially like in those episodes five through eight, like take, take the ball out of Michael's hand. Like have Michael talking about these guys. But make him focused on Horace. Make it focused on Jerry Krause. Like that's kind of my biggest complaint. Like I thought four, the way the first four, the way they were set up, was great. Yeah. Michael's talking, but like you're flashing back on Michael, then on Scotty, on Rodman, on Phil Jackson. Like I loved how those were set up. But then five through eight to me, because then nine they bring back a flashback for Steve Kerr, which I loved. But I'm like, oh, you should have been doing this the whole time. Why yeah, did you and- stop? And I don't get like the story was awesome. Like I, I didn't know that about his dad and stuff like that. Like it, it was like a good connection. That is crazy part that he didn't even talk to Jordan about it. But like, I, I, I agree with you. I was watching this and I was like, man, like other guys should have got this opportunity. Like I don't get all the Steve Kerr love. Like I, I just don't get it. Like, <laughs> like I know he was a he was a decent role player. Who a guy who can really shoot the ball? You know what I mean. Like he's a good coach. I get that. He was a good announcer too. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I just I don't get it, man. Like he's got he got a lot of love, man. And 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 I I get the story is a great story, man. Like you know, but I don't know. I just I I'd rather would like you said. I'd rather would they would have dug into Horace Grant a little more. You know what I mean, and 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 maybe some t- more Tony Kukoc. A little About bit to say that, yeah, Kukoc. His story is, I mean, and, and I have read about Steve Kerr's dad. That's my first time hearing him speak on it, so it was really interesting and cool to see that. And then I'll be honest, I had never connected. Like, oh yeah, they have that in common, him and Michael. I, even though I know that both happened yeah. to them, I never put it together until watching it, you know, Sunday night, but. Yeah, it's funny because, like, you, you you said it, like, Steve Kerr, it was still good, but there's so many other people who I think deserved a background like that over him. 
And to me, which is fine. You could have kept Steve Kerr in episode nine, but then five through eight, you could have given it to some other people. You know, like you said, to uh, a Horace episode, a Jerry Krause one, a Tony Kukoc would have been fine. Like, boom, that's five, six, seven right there. Maybe yeah. you don't need one in eight. But I, I, I just – that is probably my biggest bone to pick is that one through four did a good job of making it about flashing back to how they got there but still keeping 98 present where five through eight kind of just went on the Michael Jordan puff piece and you get little mentions of 98. And to me, like, I wanted the last dance. I want it because don't get me wrong, Michael's the focal point. He's the star. He's the guy who started it. He was there before Reinsdorf, Kraus, Phil, Scotty. So I get that. He's the main. It starts with him and ends with him. But I am fascinated by the Bulls and the team. And I want the whole thing. I think the whole story is fascinating. And five through eight gets away from that. Yeah, it, they. Yeah, it became like the Jordan. I mean, and rightfully so. It was like the Jordan show, but. You know, yeah, I, I was not confused because then, like, after a couple episodes, I kind of got what they were trying to do. Um, but, yeah, like, it really wasn't about the 98 season. It was more just that Bulls total, like, six championship run and, and what Jordan had to go through and all that. And then they just sprinkled in the other guys in there, like, just to not make it all about Jordan. I mean, I, again, and I'm sure you did too, but don't get me wrong, like, I loved it, you know, and – I loved how they were going back because I, I really also like enjoyed going back in those years and, you know, 91, and all, even earlier than that, like going through all those years and seeing all the stuff that, that happened back then. But yeah, again, that, that, that Steve Kerr thing kind of like, I was just sitting there like, all right, I need just to hurry up. <laughs> I need the flu game. I need the flu game. Hurry yeah. Up. And the sad part is it was actually, it was very interesting. It was, it was. really good, but it just kind of did make me, and there's no thing with Steve Kirk. I'm a big Steve Kerr fan. Like you said, as a broadcaster, coach, as a person, I like Steve Kerr a lot. But it was just like, I feel like maybe, and I'm not a filmmaker, right? So I'm not trying to act like I know. I mean, I'm a fan of movies, but you could have done, you could have still had Michael puffed up, but gave, gave those other guys their episodes to me. And you could have even had Michael just talking about, you know, let him go really in depth. Like, say, episode six is about Jerry Krause. Let yeah. him then go real in depth about it. And then, even you can still do the whole thing where you hand him the tablet. Say, like, Sam Smith says something, you know, but Michael was really unfair on Jerry Krause. And he, he'll make that face. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. You know, <laughs> he wasn't in there when I was, you know, like, you still could have yeah. had the same effect. Yeah. But then, given background stories, like, people, I look at this, they do not get how big Horace Grant was for those first three titles from watching this docuseries. They get that because even it says it like I think Bob Costa was talking. He goes to Orlando and became a star. He was he was great in Chicago. Like he he didn't like like, oh this Horace Grant guy is good now. He left Michael like no he was a huge there there was a big three for those first three titles. It was Jordan Pippen and Horace. Yeah, and, and I don't know if he became a star in Orlando either. Like I, I don't exactly. Even, I don't even buy that comment. But um, no, I, I feel like, and I agree. I always was. I always liked Horace Grant, but I felt like Rodman got more credit for the second three peat than Horace Grant got for that first one. And 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 
I think Horace Grant was a better player than it, it, than Robin was in those three peats. Yeah, Horace was better and, and did more. Mm-hmm. Um, and you saw they had to get Rodman because they lost yep. what Horace did. They let it, you know, Reinsdorf being cheap, let it go away, and they they saw like it was a look, huge impact. What's the dip that river? The Michael's first year in baseball. That's when they have that fifty-five. Oh, this is all mm-hmm. great. Horace leaves, and the the ship be sinking after that. You know, it was it was not looking pretty. So it's like, why not? I don't know. I look at it like this. People still. I mean, now you're seeing the article. I think there's a little bit more defense to these last episodes for Jerry Krause. But if you don't deep dive, and granted, now the quarantine is helping people to do that. But if I just watched that docu series, like I said in past episodes. You just think Jerry Reinsdorf hired this baseball scout to run to be the GM of the Bulls. Like, you don't get that. Like, this guy was a scout for a long time in both sports. He brought in Earl Monroe. He was like a number two. He was like a GM for a while back in the 70s for the Bulls. You don't get that from the docuseries. You think, like, what, why? Oh, like, I heard people say that after episodes one and two on Twitter and everyone, like, that's what you get for bringing in this baseball guy to run your team. That's why he broke up the Bulls. And it's like, oh, geez. Like, and, and it's not Jason Hare's job to educate everybody, but like, I think it would have been a better way to do it, in my opinion. Yeah, and I, and I think that, and to be honest, like, I think that last Scottie Pippen clip of him giving Krauts credit, I, I think that was, uh, I don't want to say like, I don't want to say fake, but I I just think because those episodes were like I think you mentioned it before, like those episodes weren't done when the first one was aired, right? Nine and ten, like these two last episodes. Yeah, they were weren't... they were still putting them together. Yeah. yeah. So uh, to me, I don't know. I, I I don't know. I feel like they they tried to add that in there because they were getting so much heat from the first two episodes. Yeah, I don't. I think it. I think the people, the Sam Smiths. Uh, the Chris Mannix, certain people, Charles Barkley, who are home and not, you know, talking now, are giving the love and they're doing better. You know, Casey Johnson's putting out Jerry Krause's unpublished memoirs. That's helping. But based off of just the docuseries, yeah, I, I still feel like Krause got trashed. So, like, you know. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to ask you. Yeah, and I agree with that. I, I agree. He's just a regular GM. Like, if you don't know what you're talking about. And um, so let me ask you this. Like, uh, something that I was thinking about watching is, because, uh, again, not to not to beat up Steve Kerr too much, but um, after, because, I, I mean, because to me it was glaring, right? Like, so I'll just ask you in the question form. So do you think Horace didn't get, like, that deep dive like Steve Kerr did or a cool coach or Jerry Cross because it was really Jordan, like, saying, like, I don't know. I don't know if I want that. You know what I mean? Like, because after the Steve Kerr thing, he had great things to say about Steve Kerr. Like, like, do you think it was more of like Jordan in the background saying, no, I don't want to do that? I, hmm. I'm going to say I believe it was a filmmaking thing. Okay. I, I don't think Michael said no to those guys. I think that was a choice by the the film, you know, making crew. Um, 
And cause I feel like Steve Kerr's name is just big because yeah. he coaches the Warriors. And the Warriors mm-hmm. are the last great dynasty. Because when you see, like, all throughout, even before, but throughout this, you know, past five weeks, there's, like, ESPN. Next week, get ready, sneak peek of episodes three and four of The Last Dance. And you see, like, Michael, Scotty, and, like, Steve Kerr. And I'm like, <laughs> this is not how it was, like, yeah. at all. Like, I'm like, I remember in the final, Steve Kerr getting his ass busted by Hornacek in Stockton. Like, Steve Kerr, no offense to him, but, like, if he doesn't make that shot in 97, it, 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 you don't even think about Steve Kerr, like, as a player. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that he – to me, that, that deep dive was he made the shot, but that shot doesn't need a deep dive, in my opinion. Yeah, Paxton didn't, didn't get one. Exactly. If Paxton, if Paxton did it twice. Paxton did yeah. it in 91 yeah. and 93 of Paxton. And they kind of like gave Paxton's thing with like Kerr. Kerr's like, he was my guy. And I'm like, John Paxton was better than you. Yes. Like, like, like John Paxton's a better player than you. Like, and I'm just like, that. Uh, oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't get it. Like, that was not – Tony Kukoc's story is so fascinating. I know. That's what I was thinking too, yeah. Like – and like they did, they had the thirty for thirty, like, but that was through Vlade, like one yeah. brothers. But like to talk about that, and to talk about if you deep dive with like Jerry Krause scouting him, and like trying, it took years to get him over. That's way more fascinating, or not way more because Steve Kerr's story. I don't want to take that away from him, but like way more vital to the story of the '98 Bulls than Steve Kerr. Huh? I. I, I I don't get it. Like, I, that's my biggest flaw. You could have still made it Michael the star, but you could have made the supporting characters way greater and then make it really feel like you're talking about the Bulls dynasty. Then just this was like Michael Jordan and the, the, the Jordanaires. <laughs> that's yes. just what I felt. Yes, the Chicago Jordanaires. Yes. Yeah, it was just it was disappointing in that one. All right, so we we killed Steve Kerr enough. So you killed Steve Kerr. I I I yeah, but think, you just you just came off the top rope. Like I I was just, just saying, finished it off. My thing was Steve Kerr could get nine, but then five through eight, you could have gave other people stuff, and then like, all right, Kerr and nine, like it goes with the flow, and he made the shot. But without the other stuff, then I'm like, why are we giving Kerr this? Like, yeah, come on, then, man. And then one more thing on Kerr, and I'll, I'll promise I'll leave it alone. Like, even in the like the last dance, like the logo, it's 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 Jordan, Pippen, Rodman, and then on the left, all the way on this the was, left, yep, it's a little Steve Kerr like avatar. Like, dude, like get the hell out of here, man. Like, like he was not that he. And people like, think he's a great player. Like you, I think you mentioned it too. Like, oh, the Bulls had Kerr. And stop, man. Stop, yeah, please. I'm like, no, no. Steve Kerr was not. No one was like, yeah. How are we gonna match up with the Bulls? They got Mike, Scotty, Dennis, Steve. Like, no one, <laughs> no one ever said that. Like, no one ever did that. Like, nah. that's where I'm just like floored. Like, and that's, and that probably that's this has probably hurt the Bulls. I mean, his legacy more. Young people are like, yeah. Jordan, LeBron's, but LeBron didn't have any Steve Kerr's. It's yeah. like he had Kyle Korver, who was way better than Steve Kerr. Yep. Like, like, not even close to kind of players. Like, no, don't give me that. Like, yeah, then, then I saw a, a, a thing on, on, on Twitter. It was a Steve Kerr for Pete. And I was like, oh, stop. Because the next year he goes to San Antonio and does nothing. Yeah, I know. But then win the championship and there's, yeah. you know. All right. 
I did see a lot of those. I was like, come on, like, stop, stop with the Steve Kerr four peat thing. Like, I mean, kudos to him. Like, you got to split, like, he he did nothing in that 99, like, nothing. <laughs> it's just funny. But I, I, um, I like the story about it. I think it was really good. So I did enjoy that. But, um, let me ask you, did you think that they gave enough to the Indiana series? No, absolutely not. Um, okay. I, I think they should have really went in, like they did, like how they went in with the New York, like the Knicks series, like all those. I mean, but I mean, I get it. It was more of those series, but I, I, I don't know. I, I just think that that was one of the best series uh, that I've seen of all time. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and I, I would have liked for them to, to, get into that a little more just like they did with the Knicks but I mean I, I get it man it's the Pacers like who gives a shit about the Pacers like you know but I, I yeah I just thought I thought that should have gotten I thought if there's teams who should have gotten the hype like they did it for the bad boys absolutely like you said for the Knicks and I thought that's what 9 and 10 would be you're gonna hype up showdown with the Pacers 9 boom showdown with the Jazz, not even shut out the Jazz. Game six, really, yeah. of the Jazz, you know, in ten, and I felt like he didn't really. They didn't really deep dive into the Michael Reggie as much. Like to me, like you show Michael, like like Gary Payton's thing with the tablet, yeah. Isaiah Thomas. I would have shown him Reggie Miller's thing, you know, yeah. like because there was there was good comments too by Miller, like you know, mm-hmm. like he wasn't backing down, but then he gave him a lot of credit too, man, and that's. That's why I like Reggie Miller. He'll talk shit, but he, when his credit, like he'll 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 stand there and and say what's right. You know what I mean? And, and he did a good job with that. So. And I, I mean, it was nice. I don't know. I feel I'm feel bad. Like, forgive me. It was nice the story with Gus, <laughs> but I didn't. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I'm real Jose. I didn't want. I wanted Pacers Bulls. Bulls might lose. I didn't want Gus. I not right there. I didn't want Gus right there. I I wanted I wanted that intensity. I wanted that like they did for the Knicks and the Bad Boys. Like yeah, they missed out on that intensity. Yeah, because that out. one that series is more intense than the finals. Oh, without that was the finals. Like yeah, like Utah had no shot in '97. I mean, the only thing they could really go into in '97 was the flu game, right? Like it. Like the one game they, um, and I was ninety eight. Never mind. But, um, but one thing real quick, that, mm-hmm. uh, I want to touch on something about that flu game, right? Because it was a yeah. lot, it's a lot of hype going around about that, and um, you know about the pizza and it's like a food poisoning, whatever. So Scotty Pippen's comments uh, when I was watching that, and then I, I like then I saw like started feeling bad for him again, <laughs> you know, because because <laughs> we're. I, I Pippen was one of my favorite players, man. He was a great all around player, man. Like he was, he was all around player. NBA Jan, he was the shit. Like, like he was just a great all around player. But when he's talking about you got to dig deep inside and 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 like you know, cause he was talking about Michael Jordan. He was sick. How uh, Jordan di- dug deep, whatever. He and when he started saying these things, I was like, yeah, like I don't think you should be the guy saying that, like. You know, I get ninety eight. He did everything with the back, like that was big time, right? To Steve, to still Stephen A. Smith's line, like that was big time. But his track record shows before that 
Like, so why? So you felt like he shouldn't comment on Michael playing with the flu? No, I don't think he should be saying things like, you know, we got to dig deep inside when we're sick or, or injured. Like, nah, dude, like you should not be doing that. Like, because you don't do that when you have a headache. Like, you got to dig deep inside. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we, I just don't think he was the right person to be saying something like that. Like, because he, before that, really didn't show that, in my opinion. That's interesting. See, I, I kind of felt, I felt like it was good for, I liked him saying it because, A, I mean, we didn't see it yet, but of what he did in, that was yeah. gutsy, what he did in game six ninety eight. Oh, without like to, a doubt, without a to doubt. To gut it out there. And, like, I to me, he has the, the and it's a really bad moment, and, should it be talked about with him? Yeah, I don't think we should ever skip over, like, you know, you're good and you're bad. But I don't look at, I mean, the 90, the migraine game, I don't look at him. I feel like they still, they had to learn. They had to learn the triangle. That was the first year on the field. That was still the growing process. I mean, the one thing, they lost game seven by, like, eight or something that I'm like, yeah, Scotty maybe could have made that. He could have got eight points. But like, they, they got crushed. They were down by 20-something in that game. Yeah. Like, they weren't ready. The 94 against the Knicks is always, uh, but I don't know. I just felt like Scotty is just, I, I, I look at Scotty differently. I do. I look at him as a trooper. Um, and I look at him as he was, he was a great competitor. I still do. I think it was a bad moment in 94. I also don't blame him for not, you know, what he said in episode one or two, not going to fuck my summer up. <laughs> I don't blame him. Because Shaq did the same thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, no one killed Shaq for that. Like, Shaq, and sometimes, like, I, I don't know. I don't blame him because then Michael can say he was selfish, but in the end, Michael was getting looked after for his needs. Guys looking after for his. So then let's see how you guys do without me. And for a while, they were doing pretty poor without him. Yeah. And sometimes you got to show your employers that. You may think I'm replaceable, but I'm not as replaceable as you may believe. So I don't even knock – people were knocking Scotty for that. I don't knock Scotty for that personally um, because also he, he gutted his way to that fifth. He played injured to get them to that fifth title. You know, he was hurting those playoffs. Like, he gutted it out. So, like, I, I, I think, long story short, Scotty, it's I, I didn't mind him talking on that. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not saying he's soft. I, I and we've talked about that. Like he's definitely not a soft dude. Like he's not a soft player. He's a tough guy. Um, but I don't know. I I just don't. I don't know. I just didn't think he was the right person to say that. But whatever. This so you feel like he shouldn't talk about gutting things out? Like you know what I mean? Like because at that point in time, he. I don't want to say he really didn't show it. Like. But, like, there was big moments that it looked like he did it. You know what I mean? Like, again, with the headache thing and, and all that stuff. Like, uh, I, I mean, looking back in hindsight, like, his whole career, then, yeah, he did. But I, I don't know. I just don't – I don't know. If Jordan would have said something like that or whatever, like, I get it. But if you have – I guess my point is if you have – if you've been questioned about your toughness, then I don't think you should make comments like that. Right or wrong, he has been questioned about that. Yeah, 
and I think is it's wrong, but I, I see what you're saying. It is wrong. I, I, I agree, it's wrong. But I think it's just like the documentary so far have painted him in such a bad light that it just looks bad. Like if they didn't do such a a, a roast job on him, it, it wouldn't look as bad. But it does look worse because we've spent episode after episode, it seems, talking about Scotty's mishaps. Yeah. You know, and doing the, the Krause effect where Scotty was very versatile, but he didn't play in this game. You know, Scotty was, but Scotty didn't, you know, it, it, he doesn't look great coming out of these, yeah, out of this docuseries, you know. So, um, I, I see what you're saying. I do understand where you're coming from. Not to- but I just felt, I just felt that they, they, they dropped the ball. There's some balls being dropped here. Oh, like, they, there's just some. Some balls being dropped, man. Like I, I have to be honest, and uh, I think the only thing that was all right was like the end, like Bird shaking his hand. I thought that was cool. Yeah, it was cool, and he called him a bitch, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was which was like really weird. I know <laughs> it was kind of weird. It's like I don't know, like I, I, don't, I know that Bird's a competitor, and Michael and their trash. They're both us two of the biggest. Oh yeah. All time trash talkers, right there. But it's like, I don't know, after game seven and a heartbreaker, like, yeah, I'm not saying I might do that. Yeah, yeah, I might do that in the off season. (laughs) Yeah, I ain't gonna do it right there. Yeah, and go ahead. And I was gonna say that it's cool to see that behind the scenes stuff like that, like guys leaving and coming to the bus, like Carl Malone came to the bus and was shaking their hands. Like, I don't know, I think just looking at that. Like after the '98 series, like looking at that, seeing that stuff, like that, that I think that's pretty cool, though. I thought, uh, as a player, I give Carmelone credit. As a, I'm not a biggest fan of him as a guy, but seeing that clip, you're right. Him coming onto the bus after they won, after the second year in a row losing to him, yeah, that had to be after hard. egg on his face because Michael stripped him in that last sequence. Um, I I give him a lot of respect. Like I I didn't know he did that. Yeah, I didn't know and, that either. That was that was awesome. Like that because that it was it had to be extremely hard to do. A lot of guys don't do that. Mm-hmm. But I agree. I'm not. He's a great player, but whatever. <laughs> no, it's a, it, exactly. Now let me ask you though, what do you think about the the flu? The flu game. So some now are saying it should be called the food poisoning game. What do you think about that? And like how it was portrayed, and is it is it the, some conspiracy stuff or what? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a little weird that I mean, because I I thought it was I thought it was odd that you know they couldn't find a place to get something to eat. Like you're, we're talking about Michael Jordan. So if I own a restaurant, you're calling it like this, like you know what I mean? Like I'm mm-hmm. trying to get Michael Jordan something to eat. Oh, we're going to, I'm going to come, I'm going to leave my house and make something like, you know, I I thought that was, I thought that was a little odd. And then how they were talking about it was five guys that brought the pizza and they were all trying to look in the room. Like, I mean, maybe I would be one of those five if it was, I worked at that pizzeria, you know, but, um, I don't know. They're trying to make it seem like, like, you know, like he was set up and whatever, man. I don't know. Let's, well, let me say this real quick. If me and you worked at like a at a pizza shop and it's Sunday, we're off. We didn't work all day. 
And we wind up hearing that even after it was closed, that they got called in and people made the pizza and we weren't invited. I think we, we probably would quit right yeah. there. We'd be so mad. Like, <laughs> what? You didn't call me? Yeah, I'd have been pissed. Y'all yeah. drove up? Like, I'd be like, nah. So like, that was there. Like, uh-uh, you, you need to call. I don't care what's going on. Outside of, like, my wife is in labor. Yeah. Like, I got to go. But I <laughs> sorry, I got to leave. But, you know, what was weird was uh, the director, Jason Hare, was on because after every Sunday night, they do, like, the, the recap mm-hmm. with J- Jalen Rose and, and Jacoby. And Jacoby did actually call him out and question him. He's like, I call BS on that story because he's like, you have a bunch of guys in the room and only Michael eats pizza. Yeah. He's like, when do you ever see that? And then Jason Hare started telling more of the story. Like, he said, like, no, like, um, they had eaten dinner. Like, the other guys in the room got dinner before, couldn't find Michael. So then Michael was hungry and Michael was upset about it. So Michael said, when this pizza comes, no one eats it. And then he <laughs> spit on it. Oh, that's and, nice. Yeah. And, they, and now there's stories of Michael doing that before. Like, there's a, you see things online, like, he's done that, spilling the food. So that's why no one ate it. But I'll be, I'm honest. I'm like. Well, that why didn't you put that in the film? That yeah. tells the story more. Like, like because now he's been on Dan Patrick explaining that. I go, why don't you just put that in the movie? Because like his story seemed like that made it seem real sketchy. Like these pizza guys in Salt Lake rigged the pizza. And I'm like, if I'm rigging the pizza, why I, I don't want to be there. Then I'm not going to go to the scene of the crime and like show my face if I like put something in it. Like, yeah. Because then, like, if they see something, they notice it. Like, they, I'm boom, I was there. They know my face and all that. So I'm like, it didn't make any sense. And then, like, all you guys are in the room. There's a big pizza, and the only Michael ate the whole thing, like, by himself. Y'all just watch Michael eat. Like, it doesn't make any sense. So I'm like, why? That's one other thing. Like, why don't you put that in the film? So I, I'm guessing probably, like, they, they got tired of like portraying him like such a like such a jerk. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not. I don't know if that's the case or not, but you know, like, you know, with all the practice stuff, and he kind of came off as like a jerk. Like, you know, so maybe if they're talking about him spitting on pizza, so other people can't eat them. Like, how is that gonna? I, I might just add on to that. Like, I don't know. I mean, I I can only guess that. No, you're right. It might, because um, to me, it's just, but it made it seem really, yeah, like half-assed, yeah. or like, in, in, or like in, 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 incomplete. Yeah, I agree. So that's why I'm like, oh, like it makes more sense when he's telling the whole story. I'm like, I kind of okay, because then it was like, wow, this is a real conspiracy. <laughs> like yeah. this, I'm like, you then at that point, like, well, who was this little pizza shop and all that, you know? Because yeah. they have been finding these people. Like that, that, that lady, that Pacer fan, they found her. She's getting her five minutes of fame. Like, <laughs> she was so, nuts, um, though. She was. She was going crazy. She was going. She had some venom. Yeah. It's like she said, "Forget the soccer mom image today. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm coming after Michael." Like she was. She was mad, but you know, I, I will say that the Gus part was really nice. That was cool. Um. I think that I, it was weird to kind of have in this episode, I felt. I felt like it, 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 the placement's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I agree. Like, this, these last two episodes were good, but uh, they 
other than the Pacer stuff, because I was really going to enjoy that. And then, you know, the game six, uh, you know, the MD, like 98 finals, like they might have been the worst two episodes to me. <laughs> it was a dud. Yeah. And, and I knew that was going to happen because it was going to be the last two. And I'm, I'm, I'm putting this like on this pedal still. And I knew it was going to let me down. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know if it was because of that, but. I, I felt as though they might have been the worst two episodes. I don't know. They were because to me, I'm like, why don't you put Gus in the episode we talk about his dad dying? Yeah, like do it there. I don't want. I'm I'm sorry. I don't want Gus for the page. I didn't want that. Like, <laughs> and also because then if you talk about Gus like in episode seven or eight or whatever, then like it's like oh, like Michael gave him the ball after the game. You just do like a little clip yeah. of like Gus holding the ball. That's all you need. Like. That's all you need. I was like, come on, man. Like, you got, you got Kerr. You got Gus. And I'm like, I wanted more Reggie and some trash talking and stuff. Like, yeah, some in game clips or something. Like, that yeah, would have been really yeah. good. Like, but I mean, what episode 10 did for me was kind of add to like that weird ass season that the Bulls had in 98, especially with Rodman. And kind of went into Rodman doing the wrestling thing. And and if you really think about it, like, because at the time I was like, oh, he's on. I mean, because wrestling at that time was the shit. Like, it was huge. You know, I love I love wrestling. We've talked about it before. I know you do too. And um, but especially at that time, like the NWO. I mean, we were kids on the block, like in the neighborhood, like, and we would call somebody on the porch and we would just like roll on them NWO style. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just wrestling was the shit. And I just thought, all right, he's on the show, like whatever, like, you know, but. I mean, looking back, like, holy crap. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that was, like, a big deal, man. And he misses practice and, like, but they were letting him do what he had to do, man, you know? And it was weird. I felt like here's kind of where it was maybe Phil's leadership and coaching was questioned the most because you could tell Phil was pissed. But I don't know if the camera being there stops it or – because it's the finals and he doesn't want, like, and Dennis is a very sensitive guy. If he really chews out Dennis, he fears that he might lose Dennis because yeah. he finds him and everything. But it's still, like, I, I don't know the, you know, and who knows? That's why he's the all-time great coach and I'm not. But, like, I didn't get, like, did he really chew him out? Because, like, he looked like he wanted to. Yeah. And people, cause people have said Phil is an intimidating presence, but I didn't get the vibe that he did. Nah, he I, I didn't either. And but I agree with that. I think that's what it's all about. I think, you know, cuz if he really gets into him, you might lose him for the rest of the series. And he knew he was very important cuz they they had zero answers for Carmelo. Like they were putting Luke Longley on Wellington and them dudes could not do anything with Carmelo. Uh, Ronnie was their only shot on Carmelo and I guess I mean that's where you got to learn how to pick your battles, man. And and he was like a master at that. But I think at that time, yeah, that was not a good look for Phil Jackson. No. And um, I think we I talked about it on like our past, like the game six ninety eight finals. But if anyone has WWE network, there is in more detail on that story. It's uh, WWE untold. It's like 30 minutes long, but it has every like, Rodman, Minus, I don't think Carl Malone's in it, but DDP, Hogan, Eric Bischoff, all talking about that 
and getting Rodman and Malone and their stories of Phil Jackson calling up Hulk Hogan yeah. during the finals. Like, it's really, like, it's really interesting. Um, and it's a good deep dive to see and just fascinating. Like Jose said, at a time when wrestling was just blowing up and was everywhere in the 90s. So, uh, yeah, the network, WWE Network, uh, watched that episode. It's called Rodzilla. Yeah. So, uh <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I thought it, it was funny when Jordan broke the huddle. Like, where's Rodzilla? Like, I thought that was, yeah. that was a good <laughs> little jab there. But it could be funny. I, that's what I give, like, he because it's different. Like, the shit, people laugh at the shit talking, and that's more, like, cringeworthy to me. Like, ooh, yeah. like, sometimes. But Michael can be funny, too. Like, when he's on the plane with Scott Burrell. And, <laughs> Mom, Dad, he's an alcoholic. Yeah. Like, that was funny. Like, I was laughing at that, like. He's crazy. Like he had funny, which I don't think I would have thought of with Michael. Like being, I knew he was hard on his teammates and being an asshole, but he's funny. He's a funny guy too. Like that's what I got. Yeah one one thing with episode ten, right? That I I enjoyed that they kind of dug into a little bit, even though they only did a little bit. But I, I'm kind of glad they did. And they talked about like the Utah Jazz, like their fans, like the mm-hmm. crowd and stuff, like because that. I mean, they get always. Is you hear a lot of stuff about that crowd that that those fans, man, like being racist and stuff like that. Now they didn't get into any of that, but like I, I'm kind of glad because that's one thing I've always seen. Like you know, you had stories with, you know, with Westbrook and and I, I'm sure I'm missing somebody else, but um, you know, where there was issues with guys were saying some people were saying some racist stuff, and even when you take a look at that last shot, Jordan's last shot, like you know, there's, <laughs> there's not many too many different ethnicities in that shot. Like, you know what I mean? Like, no, and it's like, no. like they get, they get a lot of credit for being loud and, but they're, man, like that's, that's a fan base that's not get talked about enough for like, for like some of the shit they do. Like, you know what I mean? And then uh, they, yeah. they touched on the crowd, which I'm kind of glad, but I wish they would have like got into some of their issues a little more. It's not just that they're a good fan base. Cause uh, you know, yeah, no, that's interesting because you you could have if you wanted to do this whole conspiracy thing, you could have tied that oh in. Oh my the god! Way yeah. They, oh yeah. You know the way they did it, so it's um that's a good point. Um, I felt like they did the right thing. I, I don't want to take it away. I almost feel like Game Six ninety eight. Like for that part, I think like we could have directed that. Yeah, part. yeah, like, yeah. It's just naturally dramatic. It naturally has the the drama, the the history, every the the, the showmanship, everything behind yes. it. Um, it was cool to get the uh, the camera crew like that footage and yes. seeing them get that behind the scenes and everything like that. That was really cool. You know, another thing with um, that ninety eight series, like the finals and stuff. Because, you know, Costas is getting a lot of credit, you know, as he should. Like, I, I think that call, because that's huge for an announcer, right? Like, getting that final call and nailing it, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, but he was really, and we talked about it in our episode when we, you know, watched, you know, rewatched the, that game six in the 98 finals. Man, like, he was really killing Rodman in that game, man. And um, I was watching, I mean, we were watching, I was watching the episode, obviously, and, um, it was one clip. I can't remember what it was. And I think Rodman was on the free throw line. And he was like, he threw like a super shot at him, man. And I was like, man, like I really never, 
Like, I don't know. I, I, I know he's like Bob Costas, but like he was talking about like his off the court freak show, his tired. All he, I think his exact quote was, uh, "Off the court, his freak show continues, but in the court, he brings tremendous energy and heart." Like, I don't know. I think that was kind of bullshit. And then later on in the game, when him and Malone, when Rodman and Malone get tied up and they're tripping each other, and he's like yeah. all over Rodman again, and I was like, I don't know. I thought that was kind of bullshit. Um- he he has it, and I you know Brent Musburger does it too and did it and does where they're very like what's the word I'm trying to find they're when it comes to sports they're like very establishment sound yeah super traditional like you gotta like yeah, yeah if you don't do it by that it's like eh. and like 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 they don't they don't take well and they're almost like rooting for like it's it's very weird. Brent Musburger would do it a lot. And I, I didn't like it, you know, I'll be honest. Um, and I respect Musburger and definitely respect Costas, and you're right. This is, to me, Bob Costas' greatest – I think of his greatest moment, I think, of this game. Um, people want to say like, the Ryan Sandberg home run game. I, I don't – Yeah. That's that's for Ryan Sandberg, and that was a regular season game. I'll be honest. I don't know why people go crazy over that game. <laughs> I'll be honest. But, like, um, you know – Whatever, but this is Costas' greatest moment. But they they don't they don't like different, you know. Um, I think Joe Buck has eased up a little bit. Joe Buck was like that. Remember the Randy Moss yeah, thing too, yeah. with Green Bay. Like it's like I, don't, I think that's one reason why I've kind of always liked Marv Albert because he to me had the seriousness of the game. But like when something was like different or like comical or whatever, he. He just rolled with it. It always felt like he didn't. He wasn't. Oh, this is distasteful. Yeah. What happened to you know my the the basketball I love? You know, he didn't do all that. Like, and that's what I'm getting. Costas, he was ripping Robin like just way too much. Yeah, and I just you know to say a freak show, or whatever. Like that's I just thought that was bullshit. And you know, it's just like these announcers, like these big time announcers, just feel as though they can say whatever the hell they want. But whatever. No, it's very true. Very true. Did you like the uh the cameo of Mr. DiCaprio doing the celebration? Uh yeah, I guess. You know, he kinda went out like a little nerd, but uh, I can't remember exactly <laughs> I can't remember exactly what he said though. Oh my god. I, I was just like, he, dude, that's all you got? Like I don't know. He like, it was a thing of beauty or yeah, something like yeah, that. Or like, a... I don't know. I was just like, All right, like I would have said something else. I don't know. But I would have just tried to join them in the celebration. Like, let's go. Like, you know what I mean? But, yeah, that, I, I mean, that was cool. Like, you know, I, you not, that's what I mean. Like, what we talked about earlier with, like, with the Jordan Larry Bird interaction and the Malone. Like, seeing those little behind-the-scene clips, like, like how big this this is really is. You know what I mean? Like, how big sports are, man. Like, it's just, it, it's just cool to see that stuff. Even though, like I said, I think he went out, like, nerd a little bit. He did. He did. I think that's what shows it. I mean, I think Leo's icon has grown over those past 20 years. So now Leo's like, you know, yeah. the best yeah. or one of the best actors of the generation. But he was still like, like that's Titanic. Like, he was hot. Yeah, I don't think you he know, does Leo that was now, hot. Though. I think. Well, oh, no, he's he's more chill. Yeah, now. he's too big time for that now. Like, yeah, he's too He can't chill. look like that. Like he's, he, uh, he goes a lot like oh, yeah. games and stuff. Oh yeah, but I think he's yeah he's more chill now than than young young Leo. 
It's like Mike knew how to handle. Mike was talking about his movies, and I, I like you in that man, the Iron Mask thing. <laughs> like Mike, I don't know, Mike. There's moments where I look at it and I'm like, I could hang around Mike, and then I, I throughout all these ten episodes, and then there's other moments where I'm like, I don't think I can hang around him. I go back and forth. Yeah, he's not calling me like a bitch or a hoe. <laughs> I can't. I yeah, can't well, do that. Like, well, that. Well, I know I wouldn't like playing with him. I, I know that. For me, I wouldn't. I it, yeah, I'd be the way like Will Purdue. You can tell Will Purdue is still bitter. Will yeah. Purdue isn't a fan. Horace isn't a fan. Like, um, I would be that way. But I was listening to S- Sam Smith was on Bob Ryan's podcast, and um, they asked Bob Ryan. I forget who else is on there with him his co-host, but they asked him, like, were Scotty and Michael close? And Sam Smith said it. He was like, Scotty and Horace were best friends. Yeah. They were neighbors. They dressed the same. They bought the same dog. They did all, like they did everything the same way. Um, but Horace kind of did his own thing and was low-key, and Scotty sometimes would, you know, be around Michael's orbit, that celebrity, and really get like washed out, and then he'd go back to Horace, and that's what I I heard him say that, and I'm like, yeah, like I don't think I would like that. Yeah, where me neither. if I had, because I you even hear like you know when Charles Oakley's all, you know when Charles Oakley's around Michael, they're doing everything Michael wants. To. They're playing cars because Michael wants to. They're eating here because my, and that's what I don't like. Like I want like if you're my boy, like it's a it's a it's a partnership, you know, like. It's not just whatever you, you're the alpha dog, whatever you do, I'm gonna follow you. And I think that I don't think Michael ever would be like, like if Michael's like, I want Chinese, and me and you are like, we want Italian. I can't see Michael being like, ah, we know what, yeah, we get what I want. Let's go get a tap. Michael would be like, well, fuck y'all, I want Chinese. <laughs> like, and it's like, okay, like, all right, like, like, and that we would just be like, okay, Mike, <laughs> like, Mike wants Chinese. Like, I wouldn't like that. I'd be like, I can't be around this dude. Like, yeah, and you see that a lot in these in, in these episodes, man. Like guys around him just laughing at everything. And look, he's Jordan, like right, like he's Michael Jordan. Like I, I get it. Like, but yeah, you're right. Like these guys are like, I want Chinese food. No, I want Italian food. No, no, Chinese food sounds good. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's like he just dominates. Yeah, but yeah, I get it. And that's that's. But again, that's the the greatness, I guess. Right? Like you want to be around that. I guess I think that's one thing I will say I, I hear about LeBron that I do like is he's big on yeah, maybe he is the guy picking the guy. I don't know. But he's big on, hey, I want it, let's have everybody, we're all the whole team's going out to eat. We're all doing and I do like that. Like I do like that about him that you hear like he there's things I don't like about him as far as like the way he runs a team, quote unquote runs mm-hmm. a team. But I like that he is a camaraderie he believes in that that camaraderie kind of like we're all together um which i think is is good in having those discussions about michael and leadership you know in the different yeah. ways and that both can work both have worked yeah for sure yeah i mean again like can he i mean i'm sure there's guys in the league now that talk a lot of shit to their teammates in practice and you know and call them out and stuff like that but you know, again, I you to me to if you're going to be like that, you have to be a great player because you can't talk that shit and and be just okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. like you, you um, got to back it up with some with some production. You know, and, and right. if you don't, then that's that those words have zero weight. You know, it was funny. Um, 
it's been great, and I think that's a silver lining of this during the quarantine. I was thinking about it, like I was telling um, like my my dad on Sunday night, my brother, if this would have, there's no quarantine, this airs, you know, no no corona, this airs in June. I'm like, it gets some talk, but you got the NBA finals, you got baseball, yeah. you know, you, you got some you know, hockey, the, the triple, some. Yeah, but say you have hockey, the the triple crown races with horse with the horses and stuff. Um, so like we are, we see like with the Jay horses and <laughs> with the horses. You know, yeah, I watch me. So I watch the horses. I get it. All right, the triple crown. <laughs> I watch a little derby of they there. You know, it's a chance. I, I, it, that that gets buzz now. I, I watch it and then I I try to pick one, acting like I know what I'm talking about. Like when I'm to mm-hmm. myself, I'm like, ooh, you know what? Running disaster sounds good. I think he's going to win. <laughs> I'm telling you, he's going to win, and he finishes like twelfth and shit. Like, I, I'll be. I only care about it. I watched the derby because the first one. And then the Preakness is second. And now if there's a chance for a triple crown, I'm all about it. But once, like, like someone else, the Derby winner wins, and then someone wins the Preakness, a different horse, and people are like, we got the Belmont. I go, I don't care now. I don't, why do I want to watch it? Like, there's no triple crown chance. Yes. Like, it's over. Like, I'm done. Like, yes. And people are like, you going to watch the Belmont? I'm like, no. <laughs> no, I'm not. Yeah. Smarty Jones had me there for a minute. But that, yeah. that was about it. And then, and then, like, my only thing, and I'm not gonna. I know we're not trying to get into horse no, racing. No, no, we're riffing. But um, I, I like when they list the greatest athletes of all time. I I don't get that they list secretary on lists like that. Like I just I I don't. It bothers I don't me. get it. Like I get he was an amazing horse and whatever, but uh, it bothers me. Know, whatever. It bothers me. Next, I'm to me then just put Airbud <laughs> and Team. <laughs> And Teen Wolf and stuff. Like, let's just put them all on. Michael J. Fox is Teen Wolf. I don't want no animal. Teen Wolf. Like, Teen Wolf was a baller, man. Yeah, dude. Teen Wolf was great. Damn, he's, he's dunking on them six-foot courts. and. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Michael J. Fox is Teen Wolf. That's, that's who should be on over Secretary. Yeah. No, nah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I got respect for that. I mean, he dominated. You watch them clips. Yeah. It's like no one in the frame. He's the only – it's just, where's the other horses? Like, he did kill it, but, like, I – that that was the biggest thing for me for when ESPN did the top fifty. Yeah. like Secretariat. I'm like, wow. Yeah. It kind of bothers me, but it's um, I, I was. It's been funny because I was telling them like, you seen like like BJ Armstrong's been everywhere. Jay Adonde, some of these people they've been everywhere on every radio show and podcast. Yeah. Like, which wouldn't have happened, but um, and I always thought Adonde was like a LA guy. But I didn't know he I didn't is. Know he worked in Chicago for like two years. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's weird. He's definitely in LA. Like, cause when Kobe died, like I wanted to hear yeah, him. Me too. Like, cause I know that, but I was like, yeah, you were just like some punk reporter, young guy. I know he has ties there and roots. Like he, and he runs like the journalism school or the sports journalism school now at Northwestern, which is really yeah, cool. It's a good gig. I'm sure. But, man. Yeah. Yeah. Really cool. But it's like, yeah, like, like Greeny, even I knew Greeny was with like he covered Chicago before, but like, even like Skip, Skip Bayless covered like this season, (laughs) and he's riding that horse so much, like, he covered the bull. I'm like, come on, I'm surprised he wasn't on this at all. Thank God, yeah, I know, thank God. You know what it was? Probably Charles Barkley said, if Skip Bayless (laughs) is on this, I'm I'm out uh, because. 
no, thank God. Yeah, no, I'm sure he was. I'm sure he was upset. A little hurt the ego a little bit there. Probably. I, I don't know why they didn't ask. Michael didn't want me. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's like get out of here. I it's annoying him that guy. But um, Will Purdue was on a podcast since Will Purdue, you know, obviously got traded for Rodman and went to San Antonio, and he won. He was on that first Spurs championship. You know, he saw Steve Kerr on it too. And he gave a good, like, interesting thing. He was like, yeah, those first three, he's like, I don't know about the last three, but the first we like, he's like, guys respect it, but we weren't tight. He's like, so for that, for those first three, we get to the hotel, we're on a road trip, if someone yells, hey, guys, I'm going out to dinner, I'll meet up here in a half hour, anyone wants to join me, he's like, there's a good chance no one's going to join you. <laughs> he's like, everybody just be in their rooms, doing their own thing, they'd be like, whatever. He's like, there's a good chance. You come out to that lobby in a half hour and it's just you. He's like, on the Spurs, he's like, Greg Popovich, he preached family and all that stuff. He's like, Phil preached just respect and just work together. Yeah. Like, Pop preached family. He's like, if you're on the Spurs and you say, hey, guys, I'm going out to eat in a half hour. Meet me here if you want to join. He's like, you, at minimum, you're getting seven or eight guys who are going to be there. Yeah, and then you can see that because, like, even – and not to tie it to – Philly sports, but even with like Brett Brown's the same way, you know what I mean? Like he's mm-hmm. all about like togetherness and, and family. And I guess he got that from like being around pop for so long. And it's, I think it's just, um, it, it's just good to see. Cause I don't know how other people feel. I'll only speak for me that way. Even if I know it's successful, and it, I'll be honest, maybe this is a negative trait in myself, you know, getting vulnerable on the show. But I'm not going to enjoy it for even if I get success. I'm probably looking for a way out after a while. Like, this just isn't enjoyable. So, like, if I'm playing on those bull and Michael's right, if I win a title, I'm like, well, when, when's the contract up, though? Like, I'd rather just this is this is this ain't fun. Like, you know, that little bit of champagne in June is nice, but. This is months of all, the, all this shit. I don't want to deal with this. Like, I, I might be like, we won once, and do you want to come back? I don't know. But, like, it's good to hear, like, the other – because I, I relate more to that Spurs way. I like that. Like, and even if we don't have to say the word family, but it's like, hey, if we're on a journey together to complete this mission, let's be all in. Let's be together. Like, it doesn't even mean if it's necessarily friends, but, like, Let's be on the same page. You got my back. I got your back. Like, I like, so I'm, I, I tell that story just to be like, Michael's way worked for him, and, and that's cool. But there's other ways than just that leadership style. And it's interesting to me. Yeah, like, and some people, and I, I'm the type, right, like, and I get it. I think everyone would want that, like, like that, that camaraderie, like that, that team feeling like you know let's go do this like all together like I, I i'm going to assume everyone will want that right like but i don't know like sometimes because and they talked about it with the steve kerr situation like you know like if you stand up to those guys like that or like that like you know like that kind of like doesn't continue you know what i mean like i, I don't know like you got the scott burrells and all these guys who are just letting him do that like you know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I don't know. I'm not telling everybody you got to beat your boss up or anything, but like, 
Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, you know, you've heard stories of him getting into arguments and fights with guys. Like, you know, because that's why. Like, dudes are tired of hearing that shit, man. And I'm sure once you do that, man, that, that slows down a lot. Like, so if that's what you got to do sometimes, man, like, if you want to play on a team like that, then maybe that's what you have to do. But um, I don't know. Like, if what – I mean, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Because then there's, there's – I mean, because there's always obviously two sides to a coin, and it's like, you know, that dudes can guys can take advantage of like that family type of like camaraderie as well. You know what I mean? Like, so it's it's always it it is a good conversation to have. Like, which leadership type? For me personally, yeah, I would I would prefer not being yelled at. You know what I'm saying? Like, because I I I think about it as like even in like my work history, you know, like I've had. I've worked for companies where bosses were like that, like very adamant and, and they would raise their voices in meetings and stuff like that. I'm just sitting there like, all right. And I immediately shut down. You know what I mean? To that stuff. Like but where I work now, it's not like that. It's very like team oriented and very friendly and whatever words you want to use. And it's just, I, I it's true. Like I react better to that. And I, I want to work harder for you if you like that with me and, let me um let me ask you a personal question if you don't mind. I know we're going. <laughs> I don't give a shit. You know that. <laughs> just but just wondering, like, did you ever look at that? Because you know you guys same, you know we're men. There's that machismo masculinity thing. There, you know, we play sports, and there's that. You know, a coach has got to be coach slash. It could be your boss or whoever. Got to be tough on you. You got to be hard on you. And did you? ever look at yourself maybe maybe not now maybe now you're more comfortable in your own skin but when if you like were to retreat if like your boss or your coach yelled at you and you kind of went south did you ever like look at yourself and be like damn it like why do I like kind of like be hard on yourself because you didn't just take like the tongue lashing and go yes sir and keep moving like you would retreat like did that ever was that was that a process for you to be comfortable with saying, "Hey, that's not my style, whatever"? Or did that take some? Were you just naturally cool with that? If that makes sense. No, like I think for me, it took a little bit of time. Like I, I had to have confidence in in my abilities, right? Like uh, at twenty one, you know, I, I'm going to react differently than I am today. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and and that just comes with time and and experiences and other stuff like that know that, you know what, like, I don't need somebody to talk to me that way. You know what I mean? I don't need a coach. Like I, I'm, I'm good enough to go to another team. Let's just say, right. Let's keep it in team perspective. Like, you know, I don't need this shit. Like, you know, I can go to another team and start like, you know, and I'll play well and I'll get minutes and I'll, I, we can win there. Like, you know, I, I just feel like for me personally, like, no, like at, at first it, it took a while for me to build, like to, to get to that. You know, because again, first time, like when I first used to hear, I used to kind of fly off the handle a little bit, and mm-hmm. you know, it would ruin my day, and you know, and I hated my boss, like whatever it was, or coach. Again, I'll keep it. I had coaches who were very straightforward and 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 very direct, man. And you know, sometimes I I did well with that, depending on if I felt like they knew what they were doing, or then sometimes I had the other coaches and. You know, I've definitely taken advantage of that, like their kindness and all that. Like, I've definitely taken advantage of that. So, I mean, again, like I, I like you said, I think it just comes with time and 
and and the confidence in yourself. Like, but you have to develop that. Some people get it right away. Some people have that. I I'm not. I I didn't. You know. So no, no. I appreciate you answering it because um, I I I didn't, and can still struggle with that. I'll be honest. And um, and part of me wonders about that. I, I don't know off the top of my head how old Scott Burrell. Like certain people who took it right. Like Steve Kerr had been in the league. By the time he plays with Michael, he he's looking at nine to ten years. By the time like Michael comes back, like he's he's a veteran. Yeah. At that point, um, and I wonder, like like a Scott Burrell or some other people, like if it's that thing, like you know, Bill Cartwright stood stood up to him. He was a veteran. Yeah. Bill Cartwright been in the league for a long time. Robert Parrish. There's stories about Robert Parrish threatening to kick his butt. He had been in the league for like twenty years at that point. You know, like it, it. I wonder how much like that plays a part in it, to an extent. You know, because not that I'm saying I would ever go for it anyway, but just that you're playing with the biggest icon, any sport like of any time. Like he's like the most famous person. He's Michael Jackson level yes. famous, and he is the Chicago Bulls. Like you know what I mean? Reinsdorf's the owner, but you know if MJ goes up to Kraus and. Reinsdorf being like Scott Burrell ain't cutting it. Yeah. I don't think they're gonna. I don't think even Kraus. Like, oh, we gotta keep Scotty. Scott Burrell is yeah. so important. Yeah, like he's gone. So part of me just wonders if it was part that, part youth and just, you know, didn't know what to say to the big dog. Yeah, yeah, no, there can be a lot of that. You know what I mean? And and or even the worry of like you just said, like if I do step to him, like what's gonna happen to me here? You know what I mean? And the Scott Burrell, like. He was a decent player in UConn, like, but, you know, and if he gets released, I don't know if he gets picked up right away. Like, he might, like, but, yeah, like, I'm sure that had a big part to do with it. Yeah, it's just, um, I think it's interesting. I think majority of people who know about MJ, we heard the stories from everybody, but it's just this, this take from hearing him talk about it and being so passionate and emotional and then actually having the footage to see it and to see, I know there, if you read the Jordan rules there, we didn't get half of it. There's way worse stuff, but um, it, it just makes you come into the question. It makes you think about that. And that's probably maybe for me, the biggest, who knows what could be different a week from now or a month or a year. The biggest takeaway I take away, I have from the whole series is that about, you know, your leadership style and your drive and what do you have to sacrifice for success? Yeah. And then, and it's funny, after this last episode, Diana Tarazi was, was being interviewed and kind of mm-hmm. asked about that. And, you know, and she was like, you know, he was willing to give up his life for that. You know what I mean? And pretty much that's what it is. Like, and they kind of mentioned it cause she was a big time player too. She's one of my, she's probably my favorite female basketball player. And, and she's great. Yeah, And she said it, she was like, you know, I didn't go to my school prom, my, my senior year, you know, but Oh, well, you know what I mean? Like, and that's, that's the thing. Like, you know, there's a lot of talented men and women out here, but again, we'll keep it to NBA. There's a lot of talented men in the league and, you know, there's talent and then there's like that dedication as well, you know, and are you willing to give up the, re- like, not the, and the crazy part is it's not even like the rest of your life either. Like, 
well, it kind of is if you become the Jordan type, like, you know, it's going to be the rest of your life. But, like, are you willing to give that up to be the best, you know? And some people don't. And that's cool, too. Like, that's all right, too. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I think there's not a right or a wrong to it. You know, I think that's what makes it always a fascinating debate. And even before this documentary, I've had questions. I've questioned myself just like if I had that some talent that was like, wow, or whatever. And like, would I just, could I just focus on that and just give everything up? Like, and I think, cause I think on either end, people make it sound easier than what it is. A lot of people like, of course I could. Yeah. But I'm like, until you know, like you don't, until you're in that spot, you don't know, like when you give it up, like, you know, you're not seeing your kids really. You're, you're not seeing your wife. You're, you know, Michael was very isolated and never, had a peace of mind. Like, we don't know what that's like. Even now, we have empathy. We still don't know what it's like. So it's it's something. Yeah, and it's a lot of little things that you won't, people won't think about. Like, you know, yeah, I'll give up all that stuff. Okay, like, remember that. Like, if you want to go to the cookout, you know what I mean? Like, your, your right. family reunion, you really can't. Because what's going to happen is there's going to be 30 reporters there, and it's going to ruin it for everyone else. Like, you know, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's a lot of that stuff. And he gave all that up. You know what I mean? He gave all that up to be the greatest, man. And, and it's a lot to give up, man. I mean, he got a lot, but he, he had to give up a lot, too. You know? And, yeah. And it's a, you know, I give him credit for that, I guess. Yeah, I, I do, too. It, it, you have I, empathy for those guys, like, who these celebrities who you grow up, like, thinking, like, wow. Like, you know, and, you know cool to admire their talent. Mm-hmm. But then you look at it like what they give up. And then a lot of times, and we talked about it in a previous episode, like it's like, yeah, I'd love to be him. I'd love to be her for some young ladies out there. But then it's like when you see what they have to go through and the pressure that they're under yeah. constantly 24-7, it's like, uh, do you want to like have that? Like I can go to the grocery store, even though now the grocery store is a little crazy with the quarantine. I can go – Michael, I remember I think someone said like, they, he had to call the grocery store and they have to like keep it open later yeah. once they closed and then he drives in and then the security has to map it out and then he would like leave them like a little good tip for having to stay later. But imagine that like I would feel bad. I got to call Giant and be like, can you, you know, you workers stay late while I go in and shop. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I, that'd be weird. But yeah. But that's what happens, man, if you want to be Jordan, right, I guess. And I don't know. It's so. All right. So I'll I'll ask you this as well. Another question. Um, I'm not sure if I asked you this on the episode that we did on the game six of the 98 final. So so you had the last shot, right, against Brian mm-hmm. Russell. And um, there's a lot of talk if he pushed off or not, if Jordan pushed off on that last shot. Mm-hmm. You think he pushed off? I, I'll be honest, until Sunday night, I would have said, yeah. Not Now, I always thought not worth calling a foul. I didn't think a foul, like, charge. Like, yeah. But watching Sunday night and that one angle that they showed, it looked like, yeah, he didn't really put, like, Byron Russell, uh, Brian Russell was going that way. He had his hand on him, but he, he like, let it go. He kind of, like, dropped his hand and stepped back and, and, and nailed the shot. So I, I say no. Yeah, I, I didn't. I never thought he did. Like I always thought, and I'm not saying I knew that all along. But it's I, I don't know. I just 
Because you can tell when there's a push. Like, his reaction, uh, Russell's reaction would have been different. You know what I mean? If he was pushed. Like, you know, I always look. That's what always, for me, told me that he really didn't push off. Now, I, I like the quote that it was like the equivalent of like a maitre d' showing someone to their table. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, like that, that. I thought that was pretty cool. And I think it was like Kevin Love who tweeted that again, like the quote. And, yeah, but it just... I just think of his greatness, man, and, and just the way that ended. It was just, and again, I know we touched on that on that previous episode we did, and um, but just rewatching it again, and it, and I can remember like they were talking about the episode in the game, and I was just like, man, that last minute and a half, I can't wait to see that like again, and I wanted to see. Hopefully, they had different angles, and I'm glad they did. They did, they did, and it was it was awesome, man. And Jose, this has been. Um... This has been just a fun ride talking about watching it, but talking about this with you, man, these past five weeks, it's been, it's, it's been awesome. I'm glad we, we've been able to do this. Yeah. I was excited when we were talking about wanting to do this and I know we were trying to figure out a way to do it and, you know, but I'm glad we did it this way. Give it a couple of days, reflect a little bit. Come on. do what we Yeah. Do. Yeah. And I think I'm glad like, you know, still found a way quarantine didn't, you know, stop us from talking about something, We've been talking. We were talking about this since I met you back in oh, yeah. you know, December of 2018. We were, you know, they they hyped it up. I remember we were talking about it like, man, dude, 2020, crazy how time flies. But like, yeah. like 20, why is it 2020? But you know, here it is, and they pushed up a little bit because of Corona. But it's been fun, and now we gotta we gotta go back to what we're gonna talk about. You know, now yeah. you know, the future. And maybe we're uh, we could now we can go back to doing the show on Sunday nights. Maybe <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we've been we've we've changed it up because it's been it was last dance time, and I'm like I I, I can't I can't give up. But that I mean, song. and that says something too, like how, and I don't want to say like, you know, it just to me it says how big it was, you know, and how oh, for sure and how much we were like the anticipation for us, how big it was for us, like like that we literally changed our our nights to do the show because oh, yeah. we couldn't miss it live, you know, so. No. And the thing is, is, like, we could, but, like, we couldn't. Like, yeah, you know no, what I mean? yeah, like, I couldn't. I would have been sitting here like, oh, we got to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. You probably, for sure, our, these past five weeks would have been our worst podcast. Yeah. Been, like, you know, 20 minutes. All right, you go. Know, like, you know, DVR, <laughs> ESPN Plus, but I'm like, nah, it, and the whole country is like, well, the whole, only like, but the country's watching this. I'm watching. I gotta watch it live and get the live reactions. Like, and it was worth it. It it, it really was. Like, uh, it's been fun. So we got, yeah, we gotta make sure we're talking later in this week about what we're gonna come up with. Well, we kind of got an idea. We do. Yeah. So we're gonna try to keep this basketball related for a little bit, and um. But we'll see. Well, we'll. I don't know if you want to let them know, but you about the the countdown. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think that's a good one. Yeah. I think that's a good one. So we, uh, you know, ESPN had the seventy four greatest players, and you know, Jose texted me about you know, doing some shows about that, and I think absolutely, absolutely. So I'm I'm excited for that. That's a great idea. Yeah. So we're gonna. I don't think we're doing seventy four. <laughs> no, so no, no. we're probably thinking about doing like a top twenty, our top, his top twenty, my Jeremy's top twenty, my top twenty, and um, kind of go off that and kind of compare that, and we'll see. And then, you know, as always, you know, 
you can always send us messages and and, and debate our list is, is, is my list is always debatable <laughs> i don't <laughs> i don't have any problems debating it with anyone else oh boy no it'd be fun and you know um yeah please rate and review on yeah. uh apple podcast spotify anchor uh we're on google podcast any 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 of the podcasting platforms please rate and review we'd love to hear from you guys but for the legendary incomparable <laughs> dynamic jose ruiz i'm your your show manager you know <laughs> alex smith alex smith's a game manager i'm, I'm just a show manager i'm a showtime jose over here yeah <laughs> i'm Jeremy dove and thank